welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today, Michelle Barry Franco. Michelle is a speaking and thought leadership coach, a quite amazing one at that. And I asked her to be on the show today. Well, I thought I asked her to be on the show because I really wanted to talk to her about how she has balanced working from home, growing this amazing, thriving business while raising three daughters. And I knew that she was also on a journey to um, eat well and had some food allergies in her house. So that the food piece, the food balance was a big part. So I thought that that's what we were going to dive into. And we talked about some of it, but what we really do in our conversation is we get to the foundation of what it is that she does with her clients. And we talk about communication and we talk about values and we talk about speaking up and we do it in a way that I think will really help you as you head into your holiday season and have to communicate with your kids and your spouse and extended family and all the people you might have to communicate with. And so that is why it is airing today. Now, before we get Michelle on the show, I just have two quick announcements. Last week, I invited you to make your December matter. Today, I want to invite you to make your 2021 matter. Well, actually, I want to invite you to do both. The short story is that Flow 365 2021 is open for enrollment officially. And we don't start until January 14th. That's when our first retreat is. But if you join now, you get six bonus weeks. And the six bonus weeks start on December 1st and go through that first retreat which is January 14th. And I do believe that these six weeks happen to fall in one of the most impactful times of year to really get intentional and get planning and do this kind of high level work. So I, I am so excited to be offering this. And the purpose of Flow 365, in case you haven't heard me talk about it before, I feel like I'm always talking about it, is to f- support you to get done the things that matter most to you. No matter what's going on with the pandemic, the kids being in school or out of school, your work, the economy, all the things, we focus on how to get what you need done. And I really don't believe that there's anything like this on the planet besides this. So if there is a change you're wanting to make, if there's something that you want to look different in your life, whether it's starting a business, improving a business that you have, cleaning out the basement, um, eating better, whatever it is. And I know that our lists are growing after coming out of this pandemic for all these months. So if you have that and you think that you could use some support in really defining what it is that matters to you and really making a plan. And the most important part is doing it in good company and having fun while doing it with other people who are on a similar path, then you should 
definitely go check out Flow 365. And again, we've just opened the doors for early enrollment. We don't officially kick off till January 14th, but we have a really exciting um, and filled six-week experience that's happening between now and then to both plan for your holidays, give you some tools to use during your holidays to really be thinking about what it is that you want in your life. Um, And then as we head into the new year, we get to do a lot of high-level 2021 planning before we dive into our regular program, which is four 90-day seasons and really breaking down what we want, want into manageable pieces that we can do and get done. All right, so go check it out at plansimple.com slash flow365 if that sounds interesting. And then the second thing that I want to share is, well, if you decide to make the leap into Flow365, which I would be super excited about, then you get our whole course library with that. Um, And in our course library is Make December Matter. But if Flow365 is way more than what you think you need right now, no worries. A lot of us can do this on our own. We're really good at doing self-paced stuff. And I highly do recommend going and grabbing Make December Matter. It was a huge, huge, huge Um, success. So many women got so much out of it. And you can go check out what some of those things were over at makedecembermatter.com. And basically, Make December Matter ran as a two-day event. It was amazing. And we took all the content and we reorganized it so that it would make sense to somebody who came in after the event. And so now you can go through it as a course um, that will really help you to plan for your holiday season right now. That's the sort of very, very beginning tip of the iceberg part of it. And then it will give you a lot of tools to take care of yourself and to use during the holiday season and into 2021 to really create a plan for your life, your business, um, all the different parts of your life um, so that you can really thrive in 2021. So go check that out if you want to know more at makedecembermatter.com. And again, if you're interested in Flow365, go to plansimple.com slash Flow365. And all of those links are linked up for you in the show notes. So all you have to do is click there. All right, let's get Michelle on the show. This is a really good conversation. Michelle, welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. I am delighted to be here. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. So we are going to dive deep into the conversation about communication, which I think is such an important skill. And one of those things that at least for me, I kind of, I had to work on a lot, especially as I became an entrepreneur. But as I also dove into the world of personal development, I realized I had to deal with also in my relationships and as a parent and all these aspects. And it's one of those things I think I at least assumed I was just supposed to know. Mm -hmm. And so because we talk a lot here about time management, it's also one of those things that I just assumed because I was supposed to know it, like maybe I didn't need to make space for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've learned over time that I actually really do. So I'm so glad you're here to help educate us. Me too. (laughs) It's Um, true. I mean, well, we we are always communicating. So so you're already doing it. But the question is, is it working? Yeah. Is it effective? And I, I, I personally feel like in order for it to be effective, I needed to put some learning into it in my adult life, which I don't, 
I don't think I intrinsically knew until I hit a few like walls. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to work on this. Um, but I don't know that it has to be that way. I don't know that everybody has to hit a wall. And I don't know that after that, I always let myself hit a wall. I've just worked on different levels of communication, you know, over the past couple of years. So right. before we dive into this topic and you enlighten us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just give us the background, where you are, how old your kids are. All those things. So I am a speaking and thought leadership coach. I am mama to, let me say this first. <laughs> I am mama to three teen girls. Um, and, and it's actually the most important work that I do. And it's super, uh, it's super relevant to my other paid work. Which yeah. It's, you know, because... What I, I believe that when we learn to share our ideas, when we learn to express ourselves in a way that is authentic, real for us, and powerful, has influence, that we can create amazing change in the world that needs to happen, but also just get, you know, create what we need and want in our own lives. And there's nothing I want more than that for my three girls and every girl who is rising up right now in this world. Yes. Every person, you know, the, the boys and girls and the whole spectrum. I want it for all of them, but I'm thinking a lot about the girls because yep. of our current situation. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So three girls, a business, um, and you're in California, right? And I am in California and we are luckily not dealing with imminent fires right where I am. Sometimes we are. We are in an area that has high fire danger, but um, we're okay right now. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I love that you mentioned that about your girls. It reminds me of, well, I guess it was, I'm dating myself because it was at least seven months ago because we're not carpooling so much anymore as we're recording this. Um, but I remember having um, a bunch of 10-year-olds in my car. Yeah. And... Um, somewhat, oh, my daughter asking the, someone the question of what their mom did. And then it like sort of like spiraled into like what other, what their other parents did. And I remember kind of being shocked that no one knew the answer. Yes. You know, like they, they literally had no idea what their parents did. And, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Cause I feel yeah. like, I don't know, I, maybe I share too much and too loud. <laughs> I, I'm, I know my, my kids can say what we do. Um, and I just think that's so, so important. So let's dive into this communication thing. Um, will you tell us just some of the things that you've noticed we could all be working on to be better communicators? I think the, the hard the hard part about, and it certainly, I have to think contextually, right? So yep. I just think from a broad sweep, often it's not really knowing what we want. Yes. <laughs> not spending time thinking about and sort of reveal, revealing within ourselves. And I, I say that really deliberately because I don't really believe thinking does much of anything. Yep. But, <laughs> but I do believe we, when we get quiet and sort of like listen in a bit, like just kind of tap in. Uh, we know all kinds of stuff about what we want, but because we're not doing that, and this fits so much into your world, right? <laughs> yes. Because we're not creating the time to do that, we don't actually know what we want. So when the moment comes and we have a quick hit that, you know, I need to say something right now, or, you know, this is something that I want to create in my work life, or I want to create this boundary, we question it. 
you know, it's like, well, I can't have that. Do I really want that? And um, so I think that's the first thing is creating enough space and quiet in our lives so that we can tap in. And I don't mean like dig deep and think hard, but tap in and, and just lightly know what we want so that when the opportunity comes up to ask for it, because we come up against a, a, a block to that, mm-hmm. you know, we are conscious enough to say, I know that this is what I want. That's the first thing. Of course, that doesn't tell us how to ask for it in a way that's effective. Can I ask you a question before yeah. we go into the how? So two things that came up to me for when you said that is, number one, if we're thinking, like one of the questions I guess has more to do with the large sweeping question and one is a little bit more specific to entrepreneurs. But, you know, if we think of that from just the larger perspective of women, I feel like we don't always feel like we deserve what it is that comes up when we get those answers. So I'm I'm wondering what you have to say about that. So that's like one thing that I think we always, like a lot of women, like not even consciously might do, but we just have this like underlying belief that like that big thing that we're really wanting to make a difference with, like we're just supposed to be a mom right now, right? Like, so we can't do that thing yet. So I see that come up all the time. And then the other thing more specific maybe to entrepreneurs is I guess has to do more with just thinking like going with the status quo and like not realizing that you, it's okay to break out um, and have a different idea, which I guess has to do with everybody too. But those are the two things that come up for me when you say that, that I can totally see being an obstacle pretty quickly for people. Does I'm that so make sense? Sorry, but that broke up, so I couldn't hear what you were asking me. Oh, okay. That's so weird. Yeah, you probably can't hear it at all. So I'm, I'm assuming that it's recording fine on your end. Okay, um, but you can't do it. Okay, so I'm going to go into that again. Where did you stop? Where did we stop when I started talking? Yes, when you were at, asking me the second question. Okay. All right. So my second question, I guess, to that is that I think that I feel like there's some women who might actually have heard the whisper of whatever that is, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but just assume that it's like not their time or mm-hmm. not really for them, or, mm-hmm. you know, they're in this other chapter of their life right now, whether that's their mothering or they're in a corporate job or, you know, whatever, and it somehow fights that. So that's one thing that I imagine comes up for some people when we're talking about this whole idea of understanding. And then the other thing is, is just how to ignore the noise enough all around us because I feel like there's, we're, we're in this area of such an influx of ideas that sometimes it's hard to decipher those. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And the cool thing is that the answer to all of those is kind of the same thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's, um, I, I love the way you initially phrased it when you said, I feel like we, we, think we don't deserve or we feel like we don't deserve to you know yeah. have what we want and i love that that set of words because we live in the feeling of our thinking yes and and we mix them up right so we mix up feeling with thinking yes and, and so the one of the coolest things to just see for ourselves nothing to do about it just see it is that our thinking, our thoughts, are they are separate, though sometimes happen simultaneously <laughs> from, you know, from the feelings. And, and the most, I think, valuable thing, because I know there's a lot of stuff out there about 
thought work and doing models and all of that. I don't do those things. I know they're super helpful to some people and I totally get why it's because of what we're talking about. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but I think when we can really, really see that when we're feeling like we don't deserve to have what we want or there's, we're confused by the noise that's out there or, um, you know, we heard this whisper, but maybe it's not the right time and we can't listen in. Th those are thoughts. They're just thoughts. Yes. And, and they're not necessarily, in fact, most of the time they're not ours. Yeah. They are, they are like our brain is a computer. It's a super hyper-efficient computer. And so it is playing thoughts that we've been told and played for ourselves over all the years, right? I know you know all of this, but it's good to revisit it, right? And, and so when you really, really, really see that actually those thoughts aren't yours, you don't have to do anything with them. Irrelevant. It's just a thought. It doesn't. Now, because we live in the feeling of our thinking, it might rise up all kinds of stuff in your body. That is because you're a human being. Yes. Right? I love when you see that you have space from it. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things, one of the tests that I, I one of the questions I guess I ask myself a lot when I'm, because I feel like a lot of times we think our fact, like our thoughts are facts. Yeah. Um, like it's super easy to think that, right? Yeah. But there isn't much I don't think of our lives that's actually facts except that's like right. actual numbers on the scale or yeah. in our bank accounts or whatever. And so I, I'm just like, would everybody everybody on the planet agree with me? And, you know, usually the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, even, I mean, it's funny when you say numbers in your bank account and, and even on the scale, like, yes, in that super, super slim, slim moment. Yeah, it's true. Does right. Does that but, even matter? Because yeah. like, like in five minutes, both of those can be different. Yeah, yeah. With some significance. Yeah. So it's like at 8.02 a.m. <laughs> yeah. on this day, this is the fact. Yeah. And yeah. I think the value in seeing all this, because I can imagine listening to this and being like, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, but it's still all coming at me and I still feel like I'm not worthy of. And, and but I, I would just say to anyone who is thinking that, maybe listen to this again. Because honest to God, honest to all that is divine, this is the answer to yeah. getting what, living the life you want. Yeah. All right. So we're going to listen. We're going to take yeah. time. We're going to listen and really understand what it is that yeah. we're here to communicate. So once yeah. we start understanding that a little bit more, yeah. what, what needs to change in our behavior that maybe is different than how we're, we're used to showing up? I, I don't know. Do you see patterns in, in just what we've, how we've learned to show up and, and where we, we fall short of com actually communicating? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I'll say that this, this part, if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about your thought leadership, which is, you know, what I write about and do so much work around, this is what I call your stand. Yeah. But, but it actually, you, you can be taking a stand in any moment, right? It's like yeah. you're taking a stand with your kid. So, yeah. and, and most of us are, have both those, have all those things, right? Exactly. So most people listening, this exists with their spouse and with their kids and in their work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, as a leader, for sure. So there are kind of layers to this next part, right? So we're, we, you listen in, you know what you want to say situationally. And for some of us as a leader or entrepreneur, as a consistent message in the world, 
right? Mm-hmm. So once you have that as your kind of base, the question is, who are you saying it to? Mm. And then what you want, if you really want to create influence, make a difference, convince them. <laughs> Sometimes you have to step away from you and what you want. So we got that. You matter, of course. It's where you start. But then it's all about, like, who are they? I call this audience intimacy. And an audience of one counts just as much. Yeah. Even- so who are they? What do they care about? What is their life looking like right now? What... What's, and then ultimately, the most powerful place to go, first you understand them contextually within their lives, and then you ask yourself, what are they thinking in their words in their head? And I do this exercise with clients where, <laughs> I'm not an artist, but I've probably drawn hundreds of these by now, but I draw their ideal audience member as the person I, I draw. <laughs> that is so brave of you. <laughs> Yeah, you should see them, actually. Then you'd think I was even more brave. And I share them. But, but, but the idea is, you know, we know from, from brain science that our brains love pictures. And we engage with them in a different way. So it's a really powerful exercise in like, diving deeper and more creatively into the people who we're serving or wanting to influence with this message. And we draw them in there, you know, I'll draw them in their context. So I'll say like, okay, what color are their eyes? Doesn't matter. But like, you know, let's just get a, have a person in your mind. Let's get a approximation of them on paper. We draw their context. Are they always holding their phone? Do they have six bags on their arms because they're always walking around running errands? Are there toys on the floor and they're trying to work from, you know, their kitchen table and I draw a laptop on their table, you know, set the scene. And then, and then we ask now what thoughts are playing in their head. And when you've gone through that process, you've sort of taken yourself into their world And that is so powerful. This is not done enough. This is why so much miscommunication happens. Because we we, we just don't take any time to understand where the other person is coming from. That's what this does. And this is thoughts in their head like, why, you know, why does my life suck so bad? Like it literally could sound, and it does. Believe me, I've done so many of these. We're all saying a lot of the same things. (laughs) Why am I so disorganized. How come I can't get it together? Everyone else has it figured out. This is in the entrepreneur context. Leaders of, you know, high level, C-level leaders are saying the same thing. And, you know, parents are saying the same thing. I'm just seeing the time. Yeah, it feels like it's so clear how it goes into so many areas of our life and how easy it is. I guess it's as a human being, we tend to, I guess, make it all about ourselves, even when we're trying to help somebody, which is so interesting. It's so interesting. But because you do this process and it gets faster, you know, I know it sounds like a lot of steps and all of that, but, and ultimately once you know what you're doing with that, the, you just do it and it changes the way you communicate naturally. It just Mm -hmm. naturally does. I I almost can see like how during like holidays with family. I don't know, this year might look sort of different, but I almost can envision doing this exercise for like everyone who's going to be there, who you're going to interact with. And like, because I feel like those high stress moments, whether, you know, you're giving a presentation or, you know, a boardroom of people, or you're just making, you know, Christmas dinner, um, how easy, like how much power this actually gives us if we can just sort of imagine how everybody in the room is actually feeling in that moment too. 
Yeah. And especially the ones that you have the hardest time with, right? Of course. I mean, (laughs) you have the option, of course, to just avoid them. And if that's your, you know, you get to choose. Like you asked yourself the initial questions, you listened in. But but if you are going to engage or you just know that avoiding them isn't going to work, then, you know, understanding their world it absolutely will change the the way you ask for what you want for them or set a boundary or not need to. I mean, what I have found many times is all of a sudden I see something into their world that makes me get it. It doesn't mean I agree with them. It just means I get it better and I see how innocent it, it's almost always innocent. I know it doesn't sound like it, but we humans, we're just trying to figure this whole thing out. Even the ones who seem grumpy and mean and like they don't care. That's, you know, that's yeah. what they're doing too. Okay. I have a question. So yeah. I've done some of this work and I, yeah. it's been so powerful. And yeah. one of the things that I still have some trouble with. So I love when I have, <laughs> when we're doing yeah. podcast conversations, <laughs> there's still things I have trouble with because there's so much I still have trouble with. Um, <laughs> so what happens when, you know, you get pretty clear on like what you're communicating and who you're communicating with. And I, I feel like from that place, you're in such a better place to just know your boundaries and yeah. to be a good listener, which are are two skills that I think we just don't spend enough time really creating. And I'm so grateful that I have spent some time doing that and I can see how that will get better and better. But I still have trouble. I guess it's like that when you don't agree. Yeah. Communicating well when you don't agree with someone. So whether you're like in a panel discussion or, you know, presenting your own ideas and, you know, get a question that really you know, pushes a button somehow on your values. Yeah. Like, how do you, what, is there a, a strategy for, or, or, you know, whether you're at the Christmas dinner table, like for yeah. responding to that? And I, I feel like just in the current climate that we're in as we're doing this interview, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of, I feel like the answer to right now is just more love and compassion and more of just really understanding who it is we're talking about from a human perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And we still want to be able to hold our values. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think again, because (laughs) we can hold our values while someone else has a different set of values and, and while they express that. Right. And so it's really the same thing. It's like, like I see it in the political environment right now yeah. all the time. Maybe that's part, that's a yeah. part of what you were referring to possibly. Yes. <laughs> and, and I have very strong political views and mm-hmm. I, I, most of the people that I surround myself with agree. So it's kind of like easy to live my life and move about in it. Um, I know it's not true for everybody, but, but I do have some people I really, really love who, who feel differently than I do and really believe, believe in, in their, um, and their views. <laughs> they yeah. fit their values. And, and I've, I've actually found that to be a, a tremendous gift because I really love these people. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not, I am unwilling to not have a relationship with them. The thoughts that I tend to have, and I, I see other people having as well, it, you know, like, if you believe this, then I, then you are a horrible person. And I will, you know, I cannot have you in my life. There, I see them as thoughts so clearly because it's not true to me. Mm. It's not true. And I believe as passionately 
in the opposite direction as those who are saying, you know, if you are supporting this candidate or <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I still like I, I have very strong, strongly held beliefs. So if we're sitting at the at the Christmas table or whatever <laughs> on the Christmas Zoom. Yes. <laughs> and 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 having this conversation the, I think back to your, the first part of your question, which was really, you know, what do you do in that conversation? You still, if you choose and you don't have to, you still take your stand and you take it as passionately as you, as you want to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't ever have to agree with you for you to take your stand with clarity, conviction, and compassion. I mean, sometimes I have these conversations with friends of mine who believe as I do politically. And I will say, yeah, but I see what they're saying. Do you see why they're saying this? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I know you would, but you can't. And that's the problem. Got it. And do you think that comes? So like I've maybe, and maybe there's just like a stepped process to it because I feel like the more I understand what I believe in all the different areas, which I do think takes some time to understand, right? Like, what it is that you truly, I don't know, like what your core values are. I I guess you understand your core values, but in order to communicate them, I think take some practice, like of understanding how that translates into real life. Yeah. You know, because I'll just use my own story as an example. You know, when I first started this layer of my career, which is, you know, coaching, I started off in the food area and I had such a stance over what people should eat. Mm-hmm. And then as I met more and more people, I realized that that actually wasn't that, it, that wasn't meeting them where they needed to be. Like the, the thing that I needed to meet them with was the time piece. Yeah. Um, and so I backed off a little bit. It doesn't mean that I don't eat that way. It doesn't, I, and yeah. I, I genuinely don't believe that everybody should eat that way. I just believe I need to do this. And I genu- genuinely do believe that everybody has the time, even though they don't think yeah. they do. Yeah. So it's interesting how that like just sort of evolves over time. And I feel like the more I come into what it is that I believe, the better I am at, at communicating it out. And actually, I feel like the less argumentative I get. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, oh yeah, I don't, totally. I don't have to argue about things anymore. Yeah. I feel like the more I live them, the more powerful of a person I am in, you know, any, any of the realms. Well, and there's such beauty in that example you just gave. I mean, t- right. Because you've seen that you can have one position one day, believe it wholeheartedly, absolutely with all your heart and soul and then change your mind. Yeah. And, and so, so can they. And yeah. <laughs> Right. Anyone can. And so they're where they are and you where that you are where you are. And I think the more times we're willing to see that in our own lives and not call it wrong, not let those those programmed ideas like if you've been told and I know many women have in particular, you know, you change your mind all the time. You don't even know what you take a stand. You know, you don't even know what you care about, whatever. I've just heard so many women say that kind of, that they've been told that um, in their lives. And the truth is they just keep listening to the next thing that they know to be true and moving with it. Oh my god! trying to communicate I, it. I totally want to stop on that one because I feel like so much of the work that I'm trying to do and understand now is just like what it is we're needing to unprogram ourselves from. And yes. it's funny, that's not one that I've ever verbalized, but it's, where does that come from? 
Where does it come from that women have been told this? That we change? I guess, I guess it is that we're intuitive, right? And so somebody along the line has been telling us this. That's so interesting. Well, and we're all, <laughs> like, we're all intuitive. Males, yeah. the whole yeah, spectrum, yeah, 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 yeah. Of, right? We all are. Women, for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's, I don't, this is not my expertise, yeah. but women do tend to kind of flow with it and support each other in flowing with it. Yeah. It, it is, I think, part of our patriarchal system to believe that you need to make a decision and move forward with it. And that's what strength looks like. And that's what, right. You know, and strength doesn't change. Like. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And look at it. We're at this time where like so much needs to change. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so much needs to change. So that's so interesting. Oh my gosh. It is oh. really. Yeah. All right. So, and that kind of circles us back to the beginning, right? Yeah, of yeah. just being able to tap into your intuition and being okay. And I, I mean, that might just be the, the limiting belief that many people have is that they, when you, when you hear what it is that you really truly believe or want to do next, or, you know, when you start to really hear that, it's very different from how you're living right now. Yeah. Um, and so then it becomes hard to move, you know, then, then you start to convince yourself that maybe that's not your thing that you're supposed to share. Yes. And so back to all of that, I mean, that's the other, <laughs> when I, you know, I, I've been sober for eight years. So I oh, I didn't know that. Drinking, yeah. Eight years ago. And um, for at least a couple of years before I quit drinking, and I have, there's a, a ton of alcoholism and addiction in my family. So I was hyper aware of the potential for me to become addicted. And so I was real careful. I didn't drink a lot in high school, but you know, then I became, uh, as, well, even before I became a mom, I got into my twenties and I could kind of do what I wanted and we'd wine culture, you know, and live yeah. near. You like literally live in wine country, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And it's really lovely and sophisticated. And, um, and so there was a little bit of that. And then there was having babies and mama's wine and all of that, that absolutely drives me batty now. But, um, <laughs> that, that, but I was, I get it because that was it, you know, like, oh, can I start drinking at four? Can I drink to have my first glass at three? It's Friday, you know, and just this slow drip anesthesia. So that was my life. Slow drip anesthesia each evening. No big deal, seemingly. Um, and I just, but, but for years I knew that I needed to scale back, which I couldn't do. I kept trying to kind of scale back. So I knew I needed to stop, but I didn't know how, right? And I would write in my journal and I'd be like, okay, I'm out of wine. And so, you know, <laughs> should I go get wine? Or maybe now I don't go get wine, <laughs> you know, the journal. <laughs> I don't journal anymore, but, um, and, and I'd be like, well, that feels like constriction and what I want is freedom. So anyway, and it was really hard. And as I got further along and was drinking more and it started to interfere a lot more, I'd get in more fights with my husband. I just didn't like who I was at, in the evenings. Um, one morning after we had had this party and nobody would, you'd never know I had drank too much. I'm just one of those people also, yep. but it just doesn't really show up. And um, the next morning, so I woke up in the morning and I had kind of been not very nice to one of my dearest friends the night before. She was struggling with something. I had no patience for it. And so I just was not kind in our conversation. And I knew it as soon as I woke up and I'm like, this is it. I'm not drinking anymore. I, or I said, I'm taking a sabbatical. So I walked downstairs and I'm just like, I'm not drinking for now. I don't know what it's going to look like. And I felt so good in my body and I have not had a drink since. 
<laughs> I did not go to any, you know, rehab or, or um, the 12-step program. Two and a half years later, I went to 12-step programs for a little while. They're lovely, by the way. But, you know, I still don't go to them regularly or I don't even call myself an alcoholic. But the reason I'm telling this story is that I, I had an insight. I had what, you know, a moment where I just knew that I was done. Yeah. And I think we've all had those, right? That's where change really comes from. And when we are quiet, when we listen in, when we learn to, to, when we see for real that the thoughts that run through our mind are not ours to do anything with. So we don't have to go spend hours reframing them or doing work on them or tapping them out. We can, you can if you want to. I don't want to take anything away that feels good. But when you just see that they're not ours anyway, oh my God, you have so much freedom to listen to yeah. what the next thing is. Yeah. I love that. And then, well, can we just keep going with that example? Yeah. I sure. didn't even know that story about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so fun to find <laughs> yeah. out new things while we're live on a podcast. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have not had a drink in 18 months. So oh, I will say that out loud for everyone. Um, okay. Yeah. And it was, it was a similar thing. Like I actually, at the time that I decided to stop, like I had, I had probably ended the mommy drinking thing a couple years before, like, you know, the seven o'clock glass of wine or whatever, like the, while I make dinner glass of wine. Yeah. Um, but I was just noticing, I was doing a lot of practice with food and a lot of coaching on changes and how, you know, the whole, the whole planning process that we teach here is about just deciding in advance and yeah. like that sometimes it's a little harder to make a choice in advance and go through it. Um, but then it gives you freedom on the other side. And I was seeing that parallel with alcohol, right? Like, so right. it was so easy to get that glass of wine, but then what it did to me the next day was like not worth it. It was like much more worth having the like hour of discomfort when everybody was grumpy at six o'clock and I was yeah, having to exactly. make dinner <laughs> than the discomfort I was feeling the whole next day when I like couldn't access my intuition in the same way. And like, couldn't think of an idea when I was sitting down to write a blog post or whatever it was. And so, yeah, yeah so I've loved that. So that's awesome. So we, but we, can we, so what happens? So that was a belief, like that was a, a in, intuitive hit that you got and you went with. Yes. And then we talk a little bit about like taking a stand for that for yourself when temptation hits or hit, you know, at the beginning. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I've heard it described and, the, and this is so, so true for me too. It's like when you finally see, when you really truly see, and this is what an insight does, when you really see something for yourself, not because someone else told you to, not because you've like said it to yourself 16 times and now none of that works. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we don't try it because all of that's on the path to the moment. So time's going to pass anyway. Do whatever you want with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, when you really see, it's, it, if it suddenly looks to you like taking a drink is like pouring poison into your body, for real, if that's what it genuinely in your brain says to you, well, you don't want to do it. Yeah. So honest to God, for me, I have... I've probably had little moments of like, gosh, I kind of miss that whole, I miss the culture or the, the like sense that it brought, like sitting out on the deck and having yes. a glass of wine. 